everybody? How are you doing? How are you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Treese coming to you with another episode of Talking Football. Jam-packed episode as we're about to go over our first mock draft of the year. Just one round. We're not going to get crazy and go seven because, my God, we don't know that many of the prospects. Treese probably does. I do not. I'm not even going to sit here and try to lie to you. This is episode, if I'm correct, Treese, 179. Our 179th episode. Holy freaking smokes. Can you believe it? We are here that much closer to 180, of course, duh, but that much closer to 200. Holy cow. Two centuries we've been together here. Not not only two centuries. Actually, Monday, this upcoming Monday is the two-year anniversary of our first episode. Ooh, buddy. I remember, our, I remember our, our anniversary. Our anniversary, I know more than mine and my wife's. So there we're at. We're there. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you're in the house because Jasmine's going to be pissed, but you know what? That's all right. You probably won't be there too long. You have a great relationship. You've got a great wife. It's trying to make up for that comment. Uh, the rest of what we're going to talk about, J.J. Watt has been released. Uh, an NFL, I don't know if we should call him a legend, but a guy who kind of gets overlooked, who had a pretty good career, very good career in the NFL, Vincent Jackson, has passed away. The Jaguars, they went with their particular color during Trevor Lawrence's pro day. I guess Treese has something about that. And then where could Deshaun Watson possibly land? That is something that we definitely need to get into. But first, the most breaking news, J.J. Watt has been released from the Houston Texans. Depending on how you look at this, whether it was stupid for the Texans to just – release them and not trade them and not get any draft picks out of it, which is kind of where I stand on it. Uh, they did the right thing. They granted his wish. They decided to part ways equally and released him. And now JJ Watt gets to pick where he wants to go next. There has been some rumored spots. That's what we're about to get into here now. But Trees, kind of what was your initial thoughts on JJ Watt being released? That that's just a total Texans thing. Like Trying to now like be like, all right, about the player here and release somebody that can bring value to you. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Like there, there could be the respect that like, Hey, we'll only trade you to a team that you want. Right? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, like let us listen. These are the teams that reached out to us. Which ones would you be interested in? And then, so now we can get something of value and then you can still go to that team. Um, so it's weird to me that they just released him. It's not like he's you're getting a first or even a second rounder for him, but like you, I think it, you easily could have gotten a third rounder for. Him. Oh, for sure, and I mean teams that are that he's been rumored to, you know, the Buffalo Bills are up there, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's where both of his brothers play, T.J. Watt and Derek Watt, who is a fullback. Um, they're both in Pittsburgh, Green Bay. Maybe he wants to go back home to Wisconsin, and it's just like you got these destinations and possibilities. I mean, Kansas city has even been kind of rumored in the mix because yeah, who wouldn't want, you know, an elite defensive lineman to add to your team. Any team is going to, but those are the teams that are really up there because JJ wants to compete for a super bowl. And when you look at the Steelers, the Packers, the bills and the chiefs, they're all up there. Now everyone has their knock, but I think the bills and kind of, you know, how close they were this past year being the AFC championship game, it's got a bright spot because then you see Kansas City get demolished in the Super Bowl. It's kind of like, oh, they got a lot of holes they got to fix. Probably not my best spot in case they don't get that turned around quickly. I would much rather go to Buffalo where they're trying to have a redemption season, make up for the loss and, you know, the embarrassment that they faced in the AFC Championship game themselves. So I think that kind of makes the most sense. I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up in Buffalo. Those are the rumors that came out yesterday for you guys listening. Um I would love to see him in Kansas City, though. I just don't think it's feasible with the amount of holes that they need to fix along the offensive line um, in other places. Treese, the Jaguars haven't necessarily been mentioned. That is a division team. No, do you think there's any possibility that he ends up in Jacksonville? I would say 0% chance he ends up in Jacksonville. Um, I would say that there's a good chance he ends up in Tennessee, though. Yeah, I just don't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, I mean, what, I would, what is it that we say about the Titans? Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. So, um, which I agree with wholeheartedly. Like, I don't agree with anything more in my life besides, like, that's the number one motto of my life is fuck the Titans. The talking football 
anniversary and fuck the titans yeah exactly <laughs> the basis um, of justin treese's <laughs> living my life my life yep yeah. so i would say um i would like to see him with the packers the most i think that's what i would like to see uh, i think that's the best fit i know that the browns are high up on that list a lot of rumors saying that he's very high on them I actually don't think that that's what the Brown, I mean, obviously you want any sort of talent, right? But I don't think that that's like the missing piece to the Browns. Like that's, what's going to put them over the top. I actually think that some, it might even be a, on the offensive side, um, especially mm-hmm. if OBJ doesn't come back um, one, come back at all, or two, come back healthy, you know, and still needs time to recover. Um Hard to say with the defensive backs there just because so many of them just missed basically this entire year. Like they were playing with just backups the entire time. I really want to see that defensive backfield like with like Greedy Williams and them. Um, sorry, who's the LSU? Uh, Delpit and Delpit as well. Obviously missed the entire yeah. year. I'd love to see Greedy Williams and Delpit um, in that backfield. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with I want, I want to see him in um, Wisconsin with the Packers. I will say the favorite is going to be Pittsburgh. And that's strictly because who, who, why would he not want to go and play with his brothers? I mean, that would be amazing. Like it would be so much easier. His parents would love that as well. You know, they just got to buy one Jersey. Like, ah, which game are we going to this weekend? Derek TJ's or JJ's? Well, Derek and TJ made it very easy on us. Damn it. JJ stop being a freaking face of the franchise in Houston. Oh, you want to leave? Please go to Pittsburgh with your other brothers. This would be awesome. And it would be like, that would be the first time I think we've ever seen three brothers, not necessarily in the NFL, but playing on the same team at the same time would be absolutely incredible. I'd love to see that. Um, Anything else we want to add to this? Are you ready to transition? Yeah, let's go for it. Boom. So sad news. Uh, First off, tease and peace to Vincent Jackson's family. Um, He had passed away over the weekend, was found in a hotel room. Um, It seems like, or excuse me, from my understanding, he had checked into it earlier in the week. They reported a missing. They then found out that he checked into the hotel. They canceled the missing person report. They checked on him. He seemed fine. Then over the weekend, they find him in the hotel room uh, deceased. He had passed away. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I don't know if those reports have come out yet, but it's just one of those things that you honestly, you really do hate to see. And I know we say that a lot in the show in a joking manner, but this is something serious. And we've had too many of these deaths where you, you come to the realization of how much this person was loved and how big of a loss this is to several cities, organization, fan bases, people, family members, friends. And then it, it hits you as like, ah, oh, I need to reach out to this person or that person before it's too late. And, you know, you hear a lot of people said it last year with the passing of Kobe Bryant, like at some point you got to swallow your pride and let, you know, bygones be bygones and you need to reach out to those people. And, just talk and say hello and catch up and check in on your friends. No matter what, if you're mad at them, if they seem perfectly fine, if they're your friends, just reach out and check in on them and say, hi, like I love doing that with my buddies. And I'm not sitting here saying like, I'm a perfect child to do what I do because I'm great. I don't want that to come off that way at all, but it's always nice to have someone reach out to you and just be like, Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Thanks for checking in. You know what I mean? It's just Trace and I, we do that fuck from time to time. And it's kind of cool. It's like, yo, how's your weekend? Well, you know, it is what it is. Dinner reservation was kind of fucked up. I'm hungry, but pretty good. How's yours? You know, it's just, it's one of those things, but back on a serious note, Vincent Jackson has passed away again, thoughts and prayers to him and his family uh, during these times. And it, it's one of those things that you really do just, you hate to see. You do. And um, so the reports are that he, uh, after the autopsy, that it's like chronic alcoholism, which is just horrible to see. Wow. Um, so you had to say that. And yeah, I think that, I'm just trying to look back because you mentioned like the week before that he went missing or missing report right um, mm-hmm. before they found him. I actually think it was January 11th, so like over a month ago that that happened. Oh, and then they smokes. found him, and then he's been staying here. So I don't think it was February 11th. I think it was actually like for a full month. It wasn't they were Holy looking for him. They, they knew where he was, but that like he'd been at that motel or hotel for just over a month, about five weeks. So um, horrible to see, like. Obviously, you never wish that upon anybody. And obviously, we should just talk about this when it's athletes, given our podcast is about football. So that's why it comes up. Like, we should talk about this a lot more just as a whole in general for human beings. But um, 
yeah, you hate to see it. And I mean, Vincent Jackson was really like one of the first players that I like remember, like in the fantasy world, even like when I really, really started getting into fantasy, like he was like one of the top dogs and like really like was kind of that like tier of like wide receivers that like just get into the end zone and like you see the value in that and stuff. So um, you hate to see it. Um, I loved all the posts from like the chargers and the bucks and stuff like that showing like how he was a fan favorite on and off the field. Um, great to see that. And yeah. Um, heartbreaking. It's, it's definitely one of those things that you wish they would have, they would have realized that more before it was too late. You know, that they would have realized that you are loved and that you will be missed and that things will be okay. Some people have a hard time seeing it and it is a disease. And if you are listening to this and you are going through your own struggles, do not hesitate to reach out to me or Justin. Um, I can, I don't want to speak for Justin on this, but in terms of myself, I do not care. And I mean it seriously when I say it, like, send me a message two, three, four 4 AM. I don't care. I will eventually respond to it. I will talk to you. You know, it's, I get those moments and I understand people have those moments of feeling alone and, you know, that they're not loved or that they're not appreciated and you're not doing anything right. And I'm here to tell you that you are loved and you are fine and that things will get better. That's just, you know, it's just part of life. There are obstacles you got to overcome and sometimes you don't and you just sit there and wonder when you will and, you know, if you're ever going to, but I promise you will, even if you just, sometimes you got to find a different route and that's a hard thing to do or a hard thing to hear, but don't ever hesitate to reach out. You are loved. You are wanted. Um, once again, teasing peace to Vincent Jackson. Um, and his family members and friends and loved ones. Um, let's transition. It's never easy to transition from a topic like that, but Trevor Lawrence's pro day was also last week. Um, pretty good is, you know, kind of what you hear. Pretty good thrower of the football, as Chris Sims loves to say. Uh, pretty much, I think everyone from the Jacksonville Jaguars organization who has a role in drafting, scouting, anything like that, head coaching, all of it was like, yeah, we're going to this. Like, we're going to go watch this kid throw live. Went pretty well. It looks like the Jaguars went primary teal. Trace, you want to kind of dig into that? Because I'm still still throwing a giant question mark in my head on what yeah, that has to sure. do with them going to the pro day. So it doesn't. It's just two topics. We are going to be talking about the Jaguars anyway, so I just put it on the same Oops. line. So, um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence had a very, very good day. Uh, Urban Meyer literally went onto the field with Dabo Sweeney and was about three yards away from Trevor Lawrence the entire time. He made sure that Trevor Lawrence knew exactly where he was trying to put probably a little bit more pressure on him being like, yeah, I'm right here. Let's see what you can do. Um, and Trevor Lawrence did fantastic. Like always um, ends up having surgery on Tuesday of this week and time frame is about four to five months recovery time. Um, so he will be ready for training camp, but that's like right on that edge, but non-throwing shoulder. So you like to see that it's not on his throwing shoulder there. Um, and then as for the Jaguars going primary till, uh, their jerseys, um, they are going, go, they are making it. So teal is their primary color, uh, Jersey now. Ooh, thoughts. So, Love it. I mean, the teal is one of the reasons that made me a Jaguars fan. I loved the color. So, um, super excited they used to only be able to wear it two to three times a year because it wasn't their primary color and now they can wear it at every home game and super excited i hope that i hope it ends up being teal with black pants i think that's what i like most um for the most time do teal on teal at least once once a year do teal on white at least once a year and then majority teal on black um so super excited about that they they started doing like this like cryptic messaging uh on their Twitter account where they kept like posting a whole bunch of things. And then each letter, the first letter of each post ends up spill, spelling out like primary is teal basically. So Ooh. it took, it took a whole bunch of time for people to start figuring out what they were trying to do. And then eventually somebody caught on and said, wait, are they trying to tell us something? And then finally they, the Jags just posted and said, yeah, you guys caught on, like we're changing to teal. So pretty cool. <laughs> Look how smart our fan base is, man. They got our cryptic yeah. messages, bro. Yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's like, you, you gotta, you gotta have to have fun with stuff like that at this, at this time of year. Like what else, what else are you going to do? You know? So, um, pretty excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for the draft <laughs> to get here. I'm ready for free agency. I want to, I want to see how much this team changes over the course of the next couple of months, especially a month from basically today when free agency starts. Um, there's just, 
you know, handful of players that I really want them to go after. So let's uh, let's hope they do that. And it kind of changes the fortunes of the franchise. And that is something we'll definitely get into here when we get to our mock draft that's coming up here shortly. Um, the Jaguars have like what, 11 or 12 picks this year? 11. And a shit ton of money for this offseason. Yeah, the most money I think it's I guess. I mean, if they're not competing for a Super Bowl in about three years, you guys have really done something wrong. Exactly. Uh, I would And say, I know you're aware of that. I'd yeah. say three years. I'd say three years. I would say that as well. I mean, you gotta give Trevor Lawrence at least a year to kind of get involved, you know, <coughs> acclimated to the NFL. Um, and and let's be honest, like Urban Meyer's probably only around for three or four years. <laughs> like exactly. you know, like, but again, I've said this multiple times. He can come in, win a Super Bowl, and fuck up the franchise for another 10 years. I don't care. <laughs> like, if you, if you win a Super Bowl, like, you did your job. Like, we could be miserable for another 10 years. I'm good with it. As long as we got the franchise quarterback still, I don't fucking care. Give me exactly. a Super Bowl and a franchise QB. We're set. <laughs> Super Bowl and Trevor Lawrence for 15 years. I'm good. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I think that three- to four-year mark is about where you guys are going to be at because Kansas City's probably winning the next two. Buffalo is going to get their chance next. And then, oh, my God, Jacksonville. Uh, AFC is how, running the NFL. How, is, how are the Chiefs going to win it when they have to play the Bucks again? How does that work out? Uh, well, this time they have an offensive line that's healthy. So, Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're, we're pulling that card. We're not going to just say that the Bucks just flat out outcoached your team. Oh, I mean, they most definitely kicked our asses. That's for sure. But the, the next two chan- the next two times – Patrick Mahomes might have more than two seconds to throw the football. Like Tom Brady had a decision of like, yeah, I get, I get like five seconds. I'm only going to use two of it to throw the ball. Kansas city is like, Patrick, you might get like one and a half seconds. What can you do with it? End of the game, 500 yards running away. It's not bad. Wish you could have done more. (laughs) Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Let's get away from that. As trees play some music on his side. Uh, I don't know if that had to do with anything about Tampa beating Kansas City, but that's we're not going to talk about that right now because um, I don't want to cry. Um, let's get into Deshaun Watson. Speaking of the AFC South and the AFC itself, Deshaun Watson, whether he says it publicly or blatantly, however you want to receive it, the message is clear. The man wants out of Houston. None of us can blame him. I don't blame him. I don't think Treese blames him. I only I think there's only one team that makes the most sense, too. There's two possible teams that make the most sense that could land Deshaun Watson. One's in the AFC, one's in the NFC. AFC, I think we all know, it's the Miami Dolphins. They have the most picks. They have the players that they can send back that's valuable to the Houston Texans. And Miami is in a position to, one, win the AFC East, and two, compete for a Super Bowl um, with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback in a young, healthy offensive line. NFC-wise, I think it's the Carolina Panthers. They don't necessarily have the amount of draft picks that Miami does, but, man, they are a young team that has been built. They have a front office ownership and a head coach. That's all, like, brand spanking new. It has completely changed the way and direction that organization is going. And if you get – not necessarily that Teddy Bridgewater has been bad, but you put Deshaun Watson in there, you know, with a DJ Moore, a Robbie Anderson, oh, and a Christian McCaffrey, yeah, pretty freaking good with that young defense who they spent all last year on the draft that's all they did was draft straight defense so the future's bright in carolina the future's also bright in miami bottom line what is it all equal it's bright wherever sean watson goes unless it's in houston so those are my two teams and landing spots that i think work best for deshaun watson that are also possible yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the only other one that could even compete is the Jets um, just because they have the number two overall pick. But I do agree that the Dolphins and the Panthers are probably better fits. Um, I will say if I was the Houston Texans, there's no way in hell I would accept any trade from the Panthers that didn't include Christian McCaffrey, though. I don't What I would say. Yeah. Why? Wow. Why? Like, why? Why is that? I mean, I feel like that trade's not going to happen then because, I mean, Carolina clearly wants both those guys on the same team. Totally, for sure. I mean... You don't think draft picks can override that? I mean, legit, I think it probably takes, like, three first-rounders and Christian McCaffrey to get Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Just like how I think that... 
just like how I think for Miami, like you have to include Tua. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. Right? But I'm pretty uh, comfortable in saying that Deshaun Watson to the New York Jets is not going to happen. I don't think that it's going to happen either. I'm just throwing out another option. No, of, 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I want to see him with Carolina, and I do want to see him with K- Christian McCaffrey, and then obviously the two big wide receivers um, there, because obviously Curtis Samuel is most likely gone at that point. I wonder um, if they could do the old franchise tag on Curtis Samuel and be like, all right, and we're trading you. 100% could. Oh, man, I'd be so pissed. Like, just because I want Curtis Samuel on the Jags. Like, of course, he ends up with the <laughs> fucking Texans. Um, at that point, man, like, then you're like, then you wonder if, like, Brandon Cooks gets involved in the trade as well. Um, nah, let him keep him. Too many cushion concerns. I mean, sure, there is, but I don't know. Like, I think that, like, if you wanted to involve, I mean, because then what? Are Then you're saying that Will Fuller's probably gone? Because, like, why would the Texans want Curtis Samuel if they have Will Fuller, if they have Brandon Cooks? Well, they can they probably have- – tr- so, excuse me. They could trade Brandon Cooks, but I don't think it would be in the same trade proposal for Deshaun going to Carolina. Yeah. Because I think right. that, that raises the asking price from the Texans. Like you want two of our starters for one of yours and well, fuck. I mean, I okay. Does that actually, does that work? Three first round picks, Curtis Samuel on a franchise tag for Deshaun Watson and Brandon cooks. Exactly. Well, deal. Yeah. Look at <laughs> us. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I think that'll be interesting. I think, I think then it turns into like, it would like, those are the main pieces. Right. And then it's probably like, uh, Carolina, we give you like Carolina gives a third, but then they get a fourth back, right? So like now it's like, hey, let let us just move up in the draft a little bit more, but like you're still not like technically losing picks in a sense. So yeah, I like that. I think that could work. Um, and for me, just get them out of the AFC. Like I want I want no part yeah. of Deshaun Watson in the AFC anymore. Like at this point, like if we're talking AFC here, right? Like we're talking. Joe Burrow, we're talking Ryan Tannehill, we're talking, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, right? We obviously have like everybody in the AFC West, right? Like, I mean, like Derek Carr had a good year. Obviously, we have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert's coming on. I don't believe in Drew Locke, but you do. Um, you know, Josh Allen, if Tua becomes something, um, if the Jets end up taking a Zach Wilson or something like that. Um, and then all of a sudden, where does Sam Darnold go? And can he do something outside of New York? And do they trade him in the AFC? Like, that's more than half of the teams. I didn't even bring up Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield. You know, like, there's there are some good there are some good ass quarterbacks in the AFC. It's crazy. Like, I don't remember a time that, like, I've been like, man, like, what, 75% of a conference have, like, legit star quarterbacks? <clears throat> Holy fuck. That's why Tom Brady was like, go. Like, I'll go to Tampa. <laughs> like, get me out of the AFC. I don't exactly. blame him at all. No, absolutely not. All he had to do was beat the corpse of Drew Brees once. Like, that's all he had to do. Yep. After losing to him twice. Well, not necessarily him, but, you know. Wow. Oh, but he had to face Aaron Rodgers. Well, you better thank his fucking defense and Aaron Rodgers for not running in a touchdown, so... And his, the Packers head coach for being a, a dumbass. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Okay, let's uh, move on. We're yep. going to move on into our round one mock draft. So, exciting times. Again, <clears throat> we're probably going to do the, about three of these throughout the year. We're going to do one now. We'll do one a week or so after free agency. So, then we kind of have a better idea of like what the big holes are still remaining for teams. And then we'll do one right before the draft, like how we always have. Um, that one will most likely be our big one. That's probably two rounds with trades. That's what we've done the last two years. So <clears throat> hopefully we do that again. All right. Diving on in. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock and we all know where they're going. It is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson, going to be this pick. 
yes, I see all the reports all of a sudden that there's NFL director of scouting and all this stuff that have Zach Wilson as QB one. And some people say that Trevor Lawrence is QB three. All right. You can have him as QB three Jaguars, myself, a lot of people have him as QB one and they're taking him at QB one. I think a lot of that's just because they know that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be there. I hate that logic, but it is what it is. It makes headlines. Uh, let's get to pick number two, the New York Jets. I'm going with the world, an idea that this isn't what they should do, but I think it is what they do. Um, they trade Sam Donald. They take Zach Wilson at pick number two, and that is what it is. If I'm the Jets, I keep Sam Donald. I give him another opportunity, and I trade back, and I get a buttload of picks to keep building on that team because you have so many holes to fill and taking a quarterback – in that current roster does just not make anything any better heading into this next season. That's my opinion. But here for our mock draft, the New York Jets take Zach Wilson quarterback at a BYU. All right. Tell me where does um, Sam Darnold go? Don't say the uh, Steelers. Steelers. Don't. Okay. Don't say <laughs> the Steelers. <laughs> uh, Saints. All right. Okay. I like that. I like that. Cool. All right. Going on to pick number three, the Miami Dolphins, who barely missed the playoffs this year, have a shit ton of picks as well. Again, I think there's a, a fairly good chance that Deshaun Watson ends up at this, you know, basically at this pick, but um, I'm not going to go that route. I understand that they have a lot of wide receiver needs. I just have a hard time believing that this front office values a wide receiver in the top three. So I'm actually going to go with Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. I think that they can move around offensive linemen and get this to where they need to get it to feel comfortable and they can support everything. I know they took Austin Jackson last year. Um, so that's always, you know, a little tough, but also at the same time, like now you, you're playing with a left, left-handed quarterback. So it's actually not left tackle that you actually need. It's right tackle for the blind side, which is always a weird thing. And like how they would maneuver that. You know, that's on the coaching staff, but like you just take the best player available at this point. So Penny Sewell, tackle. You love to see it. And then next, the Atlanta Falcons at pick number four. They're going to take a linebacker, Micah Parsons, out of Penn State. Now, if you look at reports for the Atlanta Falcons, you you know, you can see that like, oh, they got Deion Jones. They're good at linebacker. They have a couple other young guys. I believe they took another linebacker in the second or third round last year who came on strong pretty much at the end of the year. Um you could say they have a strong linebacking core when you're here at pick four. And I think your offense is pretty much set. You've already rebuilt your offensive line. You have Matt Ryan at quarterback. He's probably going to play another four or five years. There's no need to be looking for his replacement right now, especially when you have Julio Jones, you know, and Ridley at receiver. And then Russell Gage came onto the season or came on strong last year as well. And then at tight end, I think you're fine. Like, you don't really go to the tight end anyways. Austin Hooper played well, but I think at that time it was just a dump-off target for Matt Ryan because the offensive line was so bad. When you have a good offensive line, homeboy's chucking the ball down the field. You know what I mean? He's making the right decisions. I think they're going to be okay. They just need to add to their defense. Where do you do that at pick four? You don't want to reach for an edge rusher. So let's go for one of the top linebackers in the draft, Micah Parsons. I think this just continues to add to that linebacking core and look out if so, because Atlanta's defense, which was, has been weak. You now have a pretty good court linebacker, which can make up for the flaws at defensive line. And you can help your secondary as well. Who has just been injury prone for pretty much ever. Who'd they take last year? AJ Terrell. He played decently well last year. So you got there your corner as well. If I'm the, Atlanta Falcons, this is kind of where my mindset would be in terms of the future of the organization and franchise. Yeah, uh, quick correction. Hayden Hurst is who you actually meant. Austin Hooper was before. But anyways, so. No, 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 I know. I'm just saying like beforehand, like Austin Hooper was a valuable tight end for him. But Got it, okay. Mine was bad. Understood, okay, cool. Um, but I actually love the Parsons pick. Um, obviously, the Falcons play the Bucks multiple times a year. They understand what value it is to have <clears throat> strong athletic linebackers like a David and a Devin white, right? Like speed there. Like that's what you're getting right here. So uh, Parsons is, you know, a top five pick that's a linebacker and that doesn't happen very often. White actually Devin white is actually the last one that it did happen. And before that, I think it was, a, it had been like, 
20 years or something like that since a linebacker was in the top 10 or, or sorry, in the top five. So, all right, let's move on to the Bengals. So Bengals are sitting here at five, depressed that uh, Penny Sewell ended up not going at number three. So I have them saying, okay, we have to protect uh, Joe Burrow because obviously we didn't last year and now look at him. He has a torn ACL. Let's get our left tackle, and that's going to be Rashawn Slater out of uh, Northwestern. Left tackle. Uh, Slater's a stud. I really, really like his game. Uh, at one point, I was actually hoping that he would be there around that 20th pick you know, um, earlier in the year, and I mean, he's just skyrocketed up. So um, great pick here for the Bengals. I think that everybody in that organization will be happy here. They get their left tackle of the future. Absolutely. Um, and next, the Philadelphia Eagles at pick six. They missed out on the LSU wide receiver last year, Justin Jefferson. They went and got their speedster. Well, now they get their big body replacement of Alshon Jeffrey. You get that dude out of town, just say forget about it. Like, you don't want to play, you're injured, you don't like the quarterback, forget about it. We got a new guy. His name's Shamar Chase, the other LSU wide receiver that you now get this year. In my opinion, the best receiver in the class, just because he took a year off and decided to opt out doesn't mean he should be forgotten about. The Eagles make up for their losses last year. They still don't know, you know, where they're going at quarterback. Do they trade Carson Wentz? Do they not? It doesn't matter at this point. You just know someone is going to be throwing the football. You might as well get them some reliable pass catchers, especially if you're moving on from Zach Ertz as well and wanting to trade him. Boom. Get yourself Jamar Chase. You're ready to roll. I love this pick. And Jamar Chase is my wide receiver one as well. I can appreciate everybody else that's, you know, they all do their research. They all have their opinions, you know, some have Devontae Smith, some have, you know, Jalen Waddle, like all over. I've even seen uh, Rashad Bateman at sometimes as, as wide receiver one. I can respect all that. Um, I am just not going to forget what Jamar Chase did to so many good defenses last year, um, even though he sat out this year. Um, pick number seven, the Detroit Lions. This, I can say, was the hardest pick out of this entire mock draft because you stole Micah Parsons from me. So I was like, okay, they're going to go linebacker here. They obviously have Jared Goff. Now I think that I, you know, I actually do believe they roll with Jared Goff this year and they don't take a quarterback until next year. Um, But with this being the case, I don't think that they they go cornerback in the top 10 again, even though that is a big need for them, but I just have a hard time believing that they do that. Um, We talked, you and I talked about Kyle Pitts a little bit. I just don't think they do that because they have Hawkinson. And I know that Pitts is more of a wide receiver type, but I just don't see that being the value. If they're going to go that route, they might as well just go a true wide receiver like a Devontae Smith. So um, I actually went with Justin Fields here. So they do get their quarterback in the future. Uh, He is going to be sitting out, I would say, majority of next year uh, with Jared Goff there. Um, again, I don't love this pick just because I don't think this is the this is what's going to happen. But with us not doing trades, it just did not fall the Lions' way. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I'm very surprised you didn't go Devontae Smith either here. But you get a quarterback, a guy who can be the future if Jared Goff has completely fallen apart and just shows like, hey, I'm not that good without Sean McVay. And I was barely okay with Sean McVay. Thank God defense took me to the Super Bowl and the playoffs. Maybe this is the guy in Justin Fields. Maybe this is a Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts situation that we saw last year with the Eagles. It'll be this upcoming year with the Detroit Lions if this is how everything falls. Uh, The Carolina Panthers are up next. And honestly, I'm glad that you took Fields so I didn't have to be the guy that took Trey Lance over Fields because this would have been the pick anyways. I like Trey Lance. This is another one of those situations where it's like, ah, because he didn't play this year, everyone's just kind of forgetting the talent that was there and kind of the uproar that he had. heading into the off season before the season started this past year, whether, you know, the conversation was out of, is there going to be a season? Is there not? Well, Justin Fields, not, or excuse me, Trey Lance didn't necessarily opt out. They just weren't able to put together a schedule for that team. This is great for the Carolina Panthers because Joe Brady gets a quarterback who can throw the ball down the field, who is athletic, who can read defenses, can make the throws. And those are kind of the question marks that I have on Justin Fields that we just necessarily haven't seen at Ohio State. It's not necessarily that he can't do it. We just haven't seen it. Well, I would much rather go with someone that I have seen do it and at a high consistent level, and that is Trey Lance. So Carolina Panthers, get your quarterback of the future. Maybe he sits behind Teddy Bridgewater, gets accustomed to the speed of the NFL if he needs to, um, 
or you just feel more comfortable having Teddy Bridgewater out there so Trey Lance can understand the full landscape of the offense and what Joe Brady wants and when he wants it, then there you go, Carolina. I love this. If you don't land Deshaun Watson, land Trey Lance. I like it. I like it. Cool. Now we move on to the Denver Broncos at nine. Uh, this one's tough because I admittedly, there are still some cornerbacks that I do want to like watch stuff on mainly Caleb Farley uh, out of Virginia tech. So I actually took Patrick Sertain um, from Alabama, the cornerback, because I've seen a lot more of his film and watched, watched him a lot more. Obviously he played this year. Uh, Farley did not. So um, call it recency bias or not. Um, you know, I'm admitting that I need to watch Farley some more. So maybe this would change if I watched a little bit more, but as of right now, I would take um, the kid out of Alabama over Farley. So, uh, you know, Broncos really need this. They actually released AJ Boye the other day uh, to save like $11 million. Uh, this is clearly a need for them. So I think it's cornerback either way, um, but that's the route I'm going. So let's move over to 10, the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, and I guess I'm just going to take all the guys that opted out this past year um, or really just didn't get to play. Uh, I'm going to take Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech for the Dallas Cowboys. I think when you look last year at their season um, and their team, everyone had them as, you know, Super Bowl bound. They were going to be the team representing the NFC. There was a strong possibility. Well, injury train comes along and just pretty much derails their season. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, wow, they actually kind of have a lot of holes. They don't have any depth in the defense. They don't have much talented experience. Their linebackers are facing injury. There's no pressure from the defensive line. You lose Jared McCoy early in the year. And then your offensive line as well was just kind of banged up. All in all, you get Caleb Farley. You also took someone last year in the draft pretty high as well. The name is slipping my mind. Trees, if you have it, please let me know. But you're able to seal up, seal up both corner spots with young players who are pretty good. You're a good spot for the future in the Dallas Cowboys as you're paying everyone on that offense, along with your linebackers and defensive line of Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I think that that's a big need after them losing Jones uh, in free agency last year. Cornerback is a huge need for them. So let's move on to number 11, which is the rival of the Cowboys, the New York Giants. Um, and I actually have them taking the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Devontae Smith. I think that they get their offensive weapon here. Um, <clears throat> last year, you and I mentioned this a lot, that like we actually kind of like the wide receiver core for the Giants. Like They're all very talented guys. You know, you have Slayton, you have even um, Golden Tate is, you know, serviceable. Mm -hmm. So you have guys, you have your tight end in uh, – Sorry, what's his name? Now it's blanking. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Thank you. I almost said Ebron, and my kid's not Ebron. He's with the. <laughs> he is with the Steelers. So, um, yeah, you know, you get a huge playmaker here, and I think that he's going to be a fun toy for uh, him and you know even everybody on this offense to play with. You know, you have Daniel Jones that's going to be able to throw the ball deep to him, and then you're going to have a healthy Saquon Barkley, which is going to be huge. So, um, I actually like this. Get it. Get another playmaker on this offense. I like give Jones something to be successful with right like don't set him up for failure by not having weapons around him no i think that would make that offense super deadly um and enjoyable to watch because you know shepherd you get sterling or sterling shepherd um oh my gosh golden tate you're probably moving slayton. on from this offseason slayton shepherd and slayton i just i'm somehow getting tongue-tied over it. evan ingram and then yeah saquon barkley daniel jones is going to love that and their offensive line came up strong last year uh, let's get to our next pick, though. The San Francisco 49ers have a lot of questions themselves on what they're going to do. They've even been in discussions for Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, uh, in that trade. I don't know what you give up. You're probably going to have to give up. You know, we've heard Matt say it. You're giving up George Kittle and Obosa. That's what he said, if you want to land Deshaun Watson. You're also probably losing pick 12, so you don't even have this. I don't know if it's worth it to be completely honest with you, if that's what you're going to get for Deshaun Watson, because then you lose uh, one of the best tight ends in the NFL and the heart and soul of that defensive line, in my opinion. But we're not doing trades. It's not happening. I think they add to their offense, no matter who their quarterback's going to be next year, whether it is Jimmy Garoppolo or someone else they're able to pick up or somehow trade while keeping the 12th pick, and it's Kyle Pitts. Tight end slash offensive playmaker from the University of Florida. I think this just continues to add to that offense of the San Francisco 49ers of Brandon Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and just holy freaking shit, look out because this offense is going to be enjoyable to watch. If they, if this happened, 
this offense can be just elite. I don't care who's at quarterback. Like this literally can be so amazing. I mean, crazy to think about. And I know we can call him a wide receiver. We can call him a tight end, whatever. But like that tight end room would be nuts. Like with mm-hmm. Kittle, you you know you have uh, Hayden Hurt or sorry not Hayden Hurst, uh, Jalen Hurts that just hasn't played in the last two years. A kid out of Alabama or sorry out of Tennessee and out of Baylor. Uh, he's been playing. So I mean. Man, and Jordan Reed even played well last year when he was on the field. Like, that's four, like, really athletic dudes at the tight end slash H-back position. So, man, that's crazy. That would be awesome to watch, especially with, you know, those wide receivers that are, like, bowling balls and just pinballs that just bounce off of everything. (laughs) I love it. So, would be a lot of fun. Um, All right, Chargers. This is, you know, we're starting to get into areas where – I was hoping Kyle Pitts fell here. I I think that Hunter Henry's probably gone. So they would love to just, you know, give Justin Herbert another weapon. Um, But you end up taking him a pick before me. So I'm like, okay, what do we need to do? Just like the Bengals pick, let's try to protect our quarterback. So um, I am going to take Christian uh, Derisau from um, Virginia Tech, the offensive tackle. I I think that he's a very talented kid, um, a mean dude. Like if you watch him, he is just blowing people away so uh i think that this is going to be a great pick for not only uh for the passing game but for the running game it might open some stuff up with how good he is they have trey turner at right guard as well who they traded last year they traded their left tackle for a right guard um i think they're going to be set they did lose pouncy so both of the pouncy brothers um end up retiring last week together so they also do have a need in the middle of the offensive line as well Yep. Uh, next up, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to have them taking Gregory Russo, an edge out of or an edge defensive player out of the University of Miami. The U. Um, I think this is an immediate impact type of player for this defense. Uh, you went and traded for Yannick Ngakwe. It didn't really pan out. You traded him in the middle of the season. I believe Daniil Hunter actually opted out last year. Did he go down with an injury, Trace? Do you recall? Down with an injury. Okay. So you get Daniel Hunter, who you also just paid a ton of money, and you get Gregory Russo on the other side. Holy shit, this defense is going to be fun to watch again. And when the Vikings get pressure, hey, their secondary is able to kind of get some interceptions, and that's really just kind of where they come on strong. I still think they need help at linebacker. You can attack that later in the draft as well. But Gregory Russo is one of these immediate impact players that you get right here in the middle of round one. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I mean, if we're being completely honest, there's no way the first edge players taken is at 14. <laughs> like somebody yeah. will trade up for an edge edge player. But again, we don't have any trades here. So that's kind of how this just fell. Um, going to 15, weird to say, but the New England Patriots at pick 15. We're just not used to hearing that that early. Um, I think a lot of people are like, okay, this is probably where Mac Jones falls. Like they get their new quarterback. I'm actually not going to go that route. I, uh, I think that they also realize that they have basically no weapons on this offense and no matter who's at quarterback is probably going to be set up for failure. So I'm going to take what the fastest player <laughs> offensive skill player in this draft and Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, I, I considered him over Devonte Smith for a second there. I was just like, Oh man. I mean, that's more personal preference. I think um, for me, I end up just going with Smith. I think that he just makes big time plays when you really need it. Um, so Going to go with Waddle here, and I think the Patriots are very happy that they finally have a speedster opposite of their other wide receivers. Absolutely. That is going to be deadly for them. As long as they can find their quarterback, you know, whether that is by trade or somewhere else in free agency by chance, uh, again, whoever it may be. Next up, the Arizona Cardinals at pick 16. I'm going to have them taking a corner out of South Carolina, J.C. Horn. Rumors are that Patrick Peterson is most likely moving on this offseason. If that is the case, you need to find an immediate replacement. Hopefully you have that here with J.C. Horn. Um there is a possibility he can be a plug-and-play type guy, and that's exactly what you're hoping for for taking him at 16th in the first round. But to replace a guy like Patrick Peterson, that's a tough thing to do. This is also one of those teams, though, whose defense is better than or is much better than when credit is given to. You got Buda Baker in the back. You added Isaiah Simmons last year. You know, you have uh, his name is slipping my mind, Jones, Chandler Jones along the defensive line. It's a pretty good defense. You have a guy at every level. You just need to make sure you have consistent coverage on the outsides. You get that here with J.C. Horn. Um, That's it for the Cardinals, though. I think this can be a guy that helps them out, especially if you're moving on from Patrick Peterson. I love this pick. I love J.C. Horn. I think he's he's awesome. 
also, I considered him at the Patriots because if they move on from Gilmore, I could see them taking this pick as well. So, um, speaking of the Patriots, just going back to that, if this all played out this way and the Panthers ended up going with Trey Lance and if they moved on from Teddy Bridgewater, I would love to see Teddy be with the Patriots. That would be good. I think he'd fit well in that, that offense. Um, okay, moving on. So I think this is the really – I think we kind of go a little chalky on our all of our picks here this entire mock draft. Uh, I think this is the only one that's really like not completely chalky, and it's more just because I didn't know what way the Raiders could go. Like they, they are actually a very good team. I could see them going edge, but like whoever this edge is isn't really a starter at this point. Like he would be a backup linebacker. They might have a need there. Wide receiver, there's no way they're giving up on like Edwards and those guys that they picked early last year. So I don't know if they go that route. Obviously, tight end, quarterback, running back, they're set on. So I end up going with a safety again. And I took a, sorry, I took Traven Morig um, out of TCU. And this kid is a stud. Um, another one of those guys that I'd love the Jags to take in second in the second round. And then all of a sudden, he's just gotten more and more love <laughs> over the course of the last month. And he is He's a stud. Like if you watch his film, like he's everywhere. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety, whatever you need him to do. Um, obviously the Raiders have Abrams, so they don't need him at strong safety. So you let him kind of play that free safety over the top center field role. And I mean, you watch him against the big 12, which is obviously a passing, you know, a passing league. He's around the ball a lot. So uh, that's who I'm taking with the Raiders. And that just screams the Raiders. Oh, fast guy that can cover, you know, a huge chunk of the field. Bam. There it is. You'd love to see that if you're a Raiders fan next up the Miami dolphins earlier in the draft, they went ahead with Penny Sewell, uh, the offensive tackle out of Oregon this time, their second pick in the first round at pick 18, they're getting Najee Harris. They're running back out of Alabama. I think this is another guy who's immediate impact uh, that helps this offense out, especially when they want to run the ball, because that's something they struggled to do last year. And, it's also going to help, too, if he does be the guy. Like, if you can't land Deshaun Watson, you're probably losing first-round first draft picks here if you do that. But if you don't, add to your offensive line, add to your freaking running back room as well, and get Najee Harris and let that offense just roll. Love it. Love that pick. Uh, they desperately need a running back there. I actually thought you would consider them with uh, Harris with the Cardinals as well. Cause I think that that would just be deadly in that offense. So um, moving on to the Washington football team at pick 19. Um, this is where that quarterback five comes off the board. And that is going to be Mac Jones. I think that this is where they go. Okay. Let's get our quarterback in the future here. Let's see what we can, let's see what we can do here with him. Um, they're obviously very happy with Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. I think that they're heavily involved in any of the other ones. Kenny Galladay, if he hits the market, Allen Robinson, I'm sure that they are going to offer a ton of money for. Um, there's a lot of good wide receivers out there. Even a Marvin Jones, in a sense, if they wanted to have a guy just opposite of Terry McLaurin for a couple of years, um, they could go that route. So um, plenty of weapons there. Obviously, like Gibson is fantastic. McKissick, it was awesome in that offense. Mike Mac Jones will have the weapons that he wants there. Yeah, absolutely. It is going to be fun if that does happen. And what, for second time in three years that the Washington football team has taken a quarterback right here in the teens because that's exactly where they took Dwayne Haskins was like, what, pick 16 a couple years ago? Yeah, 15 or 16, yep. Yep, somewhere in there. So here up next, the Chicago Bears picking at 20. Just surprising that they're in the 20s with how inconsistent that season was. They have a question mark at quarterback. Where do they go? We don't know yet, but I thought an immediate impact guy here for them. That must just be my phrase for today's episode, but it's a reality with Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher um, out of Michigan. This is a guy that you can put in opposite of Khalil Mack and just get continuous pressure game in and game out and you're going to need it in that division as well and this is also another one of those guys who can hold the edge uh, in terms of the run game and that's something you're going to need to stop in this division as well when you're looking at you know an Aaron Jones you're looking at a Dalvin Cook you're looking at a DeAndre Swift 
You're going to need to find ways to slow those guys down. You're also going to need to find ways to get to the quarterback in Jared Goff, whoever it is in Chicago. Oh, and Aaron fucking Rodgers. So quitty pay here for the Bears. You love to see that. I don't know why I said whatever the quarterback is in Chicago because you're not going after him. You're going after Kirk Cousins. You're going after Jared Goff. Oh, and fucking Aaron Rodgers. Thank you for the correction. Opportunity there, Trees. I didn't even do anything, but you are welcome. So uh, going to 21, uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, in real life, I truly believe if at pick, say, 14 or 15, somebody like Mac Jones was still on the board, they would be doing whatever they have to to trade up uh, because they cannot go into this season not knowing basically who their quarterback is at this point. Um, but that's not the case here. We're not going to do trades. I'm not going to have them take, you know, Kyle Trask or anything like that. So I'm going to have them take a left tackle here. So Anthony Costanzo actually retired this year during the playoffs. He officially uh, hung him up. And so I'm going to have them kind of replace him with Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle out of Michigan. So get another guy in there. So then whoever your quarterback is, you have a young guy that um, is able to protect his blind side. I'm kind of surprised the draft stock for Kyle Trask has just plummeted this much. I agree. I mean, this is a guy who was being discussed as like a top three quarterback in the class, and now he's not even up here. You know what I mean? It's just not actually concerning, but questionable because, yeah, he played a what a poor game there, but also played very well against Alabama at the towards yeah. the end of the year. Like I just I don't know, confusing it is tough. to me. It is like tough. is that recency bias definitely sticks in with draft Twitter? That is for sure. So, um, so let's dive into this for a second here. I know that we're probably running low on time here, but so. The Colts, obviously there's talks that they're involved in the Carson Wentz deal. I think that the Bears are far more likely because they're offering a lot more. So let's say they miss out on that. Like what route could the Colts even go at this point? Kyle Trask. Like that's really the only way, right? Like what else? May, I, I feel like I say that because when I look at Kyle Trask, I think of Carson Wentz. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just trying to like remember everything. So yeah, I mean, I think Wentz is a little bit more athletic, but yeah, I mean, build uh, arm strength and all that. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I feel like that's a fair statement for me. Um, I saw something today though that if the Chicago Bears offer doesn't get any better to the Eagles or they just don't want him, the Philadelphia Eagles will just take whatever it is that's being offered from the Indianapolis Colts to get him out of the building because he doesn't want to be there. Uh, that's crazy. I, I do not want Carson Wentz <laughs> with the with the Colts. I actually think that Carson Wentz can be very successful with the Colts with the offensive line like that and a running game to support him. Um, 100% yeah. agree. <laughs> I, I don't want that risk. Like, like it would suck to like be happy like Deshaun Watson maybe gets out and they're like, okay, good. We don't have to worry about him. And then like in come Carson Wentz. And Deshaun Watson is far better than Carson Wentz. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're on the same level, but like it would suck to be like celebrating that, but then make, oh man, but the Colts who are probably the best team in this division. I know the Titans won the division, but I think the Colts overall are trending upwards um, still. It would just suck to know that they, it is an upgrade over Phillip Rivers in my opinion. I agree. I very much agree with that. That is a very fair statement. Uh, next up, though, speaking of the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans are here. I have them taking an edge player in Jalen Phillips, the other edge guy out of the University of Miami, the U. Um, and the reason is because Justin Houston, excuse me, not Justin Houston, J the Javion Clowney is a guy that you went after this free agency, and then he just you don't see anything from him. And that's kind of what Javion Clowney's career has felt like in a nutshell is like he's there he's not doing very much he's kind of injured still not doing very much when he comes back ended up what being out the whole year for the titans here jadevion Clowney after they picked him up in free agency uh, uh he played until like week like 11 or 12 i think so but okay, he missed so, the first few weeks so i think he only played like four or five games okay you're not getting any value there. You need to find someone. The offensive tackle you took last year has just been a shit show. You need a guy that's going to come in, participate, be a difference maker for your defense. I think that's it right here. Jalen Phillips, they need pass rush. That's your answer. I mean, and they we talked about this during the playoffs. Like, they were, like, 
third to last in sacks and rushes, you know, so like they need, they need to find ways to get after the quarterbacks. I like this, uh, the New York jets here. So I, I really wanted to take another wide receiver here, but I kind of think that they might just hold off and just know that the depth is there at wide receiver and they might take one later on. So I'm going to have them take an edge rusher and I'm going to take them, uh, have them taking Joseph Asai from Texas, the edge rusher. You obviously know him being a Texas guy. Um, I like it. I think that this dude is, you know, has a high motor and he gets after the quarterback a lot. You, you, he was flashing every time you watch uh, Texas play football. Yep. I mean, if you're the Jets and you come out of this draft with a quarterback of the future and an edge rusher of the future who hopefully hits and is going to show up to practice on time and put in the work and, you know, be a valuable part of your team. I'm talking about the guy that they took from Florida excuse me, what, a couple years ago and just they ended up releasing by the time training camp ended. You love this if you're the Jets fans, if this is the way the draft falls because you get your quarterback, you get your edge rusher. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trace, you mentioned it a little bit ago. Both of the Pouncey brothers retire. That is an immediate hole that is needed to be filled by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't necessarily consider this a reach because he's already been mocked or predicted to be taken here in the first round. It's going to be Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama. I can see them trying to fix that immediately. Um, and then in terms of trading away a second this year and a first next year for maybe Sam Donald, but you don't want to trade for Sam Donald, have him come to this team and continue to play behind a poor offensive line. Who's banged up because you lose your starting center that you've had for nearly 10 years. Oh, and uh, Villanueva might be moving on this off season. If not retiring, you get a guy here who can replace Pouncey for the next 10 years. And you keep rolling with your quarterback in my mind. That is if you trade for Sam Donald, because as much as big Ben is your quarterback right now, you're really not wanting them to be when it comes time to the start of the season because you really do have a chance at making a run for a Super Bowl. I think a fresh start from Sam Donald also gives them that. That's enough, though, and just predictions for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trees, your Jacksonville Jaguars are up once again. Cool. Uh, Jaguars. So I did not think this guy would fall. Um, I do hope the Jags take a guy like Leonard Williams in free agency that kind of fills in this defensive tackle, defensive end kind of position. Jags are moving to a three, four. So, I mean, you can move him around, but um, again, this guy is a stud Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. I think that this is an awesome pick. I would love for this to happen. Um, if Christian was not there, I'd probably be leaning towards uh, Dylan Ray Duns, um, the mm-hmm. left tackle out of North Dakota state. I really like his play as well. So now it's me. like, Oh, maybe he falls to 33 because the Jags pick again in like seven picks. So um, we'll see there, but, I mean, if you can find a way to get a Leonard Williams, you add in Barmore here, and then you have, you know, you have guys all over the field as edge rushers with Josh Allen, uh, Chase on, you know, you got that. You obviously have your middle linebackers and Jack. So I like it. Um, I think you could find, I see some uh, defense that's flying around again. Like you haven't seen in a few years in Jacksonville. And you would, like you just said yourself, you're going to love that as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. If you can add, because that was your biggest knock on them last year. It was like, we don't have a defensive tackle that can plug up the middle. Boom. There he is. Uh, next up to Cleveland Browns at 26. That is weird to say that they're picking up this high slash low in the draft. What the fuck is going on? Uh, yeah, you the did not, Browns, for the record, for the record, you did not say pick two or six. You said 26. <laughs> Exactly. Thank you for clearing that up just for the people that may be confused. Uh, I actually have them going wide receiver Kadarius Tony uh, out of the University of Florida. And the reason is because you're probably moving on from Odell Beckham Jr. You have your tight end in Austin Hooper. You have your receivers. You have your power running backs. You don't really have that speedster that you can kind of use um, and gimmick through the offense. And this is a guy who's a pretty exceptional route runner who can create separation when needed. And when your quarterback is who he is and Baker Mayfield, who likes to throw to open receivers, as would any quarterback, you need a guy who can throw to guys who are actually open, not NFL open. And you get that right here with Kadarius Tony. I think this just makes this Browns defense or offense, excuse me, even deadlier, even scarier, because this also becomes a true pick your poison on which one of us is going to beat you today. Is it the run game? Is it the pass game? Or is it just going to be our tight ends that you're unable to cover every single play? So I think Kadarius Tony is a dream fit here for the Cleveland Browns at pick 26. I love it. I love this. I think it's fantastic. Um, one thing I actually haven't brought up, 
um, is, and maybe I did bring it up here in an episode. I can't remember, but I've shit on David and Joku a lot in the, on this <laughs> podcast, like a lot. Um, I just, I think he's a great athlete, but never thought he was like a good tight end. He played so good against your, your Kansas City Chiefs. Like I, yep. I, I was like, oh, that's why he went number one. And, you know, like he's become such a good blocker and stuff like that. So like total props to him. I'll be the first to admit that I've, I've been the one that shit on him. And I mean, to be fair, I've been right the first, whatever, three, four years of his career. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. but he, he, if he continues to play like that, that you can be elite. Like legit, he could be like a, an elite tight end. So it's about fucking time it caught on. <laughs> no, totally for sure. All right, uh, Baltimore Ravens pick twenty-seven. So back-to-back uh, AFC North teams here. Uh, three out of the last four, actually. Um, I, we all know that this team needs to figure out how to be able to pass the ball better. Um, that's not just on Lamar Jackson. That is very much on the offensive scheme, and it is very much on the playmakers on the outside. Let's get him a big body guy. And I'm going with Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota. Uh, this dude can be very, very good in the NFL. Like big bodied, fast, catches, catches things in the middle, outside. It doesn't matter. Like he is very good. It's it's crazy that he's gonna be like in our mock. What is he? Wide receiver five right now? Who we're yeah. taking here? Yeah, that's crazy. Like in most other drafts besides last year and this year, like. This dude is like a lock top two to three wide receiver. Now let's be honest on what happens here. The Pittsburgh Steelers move on from JJ Smith Schuster and they get this guy right here in round two. You, so you think that Bateman falls to round two and the Steelers take him? I mean, that's just how that would happen. Wouldn't it? I mean, that's fair just because of how good they are, but you know, um, that, that would be a far drop, man. That'd be like all the way to like pick like 60 almost. Um, what, nah, 50. Like, well, I mean, you hear, you hear everybody now that's like, oh, I wouldn't take a receiver in round one. I wouldn't take a receiver up high. You know, you can get production and talent in the later rounds. I think you're going to look at Rashad Bateman and it's kind of like, nah, I mean, yeah, big bodied receiver, but like we can get him later. I agree with that statement, but I th- I think the Ravens are an exception where they realize we can't wait till later. We've waited till later the last few years, and it's fucked us. <laughs> like that, that's my opinion. That is perfectly fair. Uh, let's get to the Saints. They're taking this guy whose initials are JOK. All right, they're taking old joke. The linebacker out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah. Awusa Komara. I think that I'm very close. I'm I think you are I'm, correct on that. Yeah. I'm very surprised with myself that I just did that. I'm not gonna lie. Holy shit. Uh that's what they need though. They need to take a linebacker. The other guys that you have, they're not necessarily getting old, but they are getting kind of expensive. You also have Quan Alexander there. I think a lot of people kind of forget that. Uh that they went and picked him up, I believe, from uh the San Francisco 49ers, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You're going to have to figure out what you're doing with that contract. If you can get joke and you can get Quan Alexander right there, you're pretty happy with it. uh, Especially with Alonzo still in the mix um, or Alizon. I, I might've botched that name, but the white linebackers like number 47 long hair, you guys know who I'm talking about. You throw him in the mix here. If you're the NFC South, you got to love this. I mean, I think I had the, uh, who did I have taken a linebacker earlier? The Atlanta Falcons. Boom, here are the Saints as well. So you love to see it if you're these teams in the NFC South getting linebackers for the future. Up next, Green Bay Packers. I love this pick. This dude is fast, uh, this linebacker on Notre Dame. Actually, if you go on to most mocks, almost everyone has the Jaguars taking him at 25, just saying, one, know what? Then you have you have Schobert, you have Jack, and you have him. Like, you're just moving them around with moving to the 3-4. You need four linebackers anyways, and you're going to be able to blitz any one of them at any time. And I'm like, that does intrigue me a little bit, especially when you have Chase on and Josh Allen. Like, And the Jags hired the defensive line coach um, from the Ravens to be their DC. And we all know how, like, creative they get on their stances and all that like i'm like i can see them trying to get after the quarterback a lot there so love that um moving on um packers i have them taking tevin jenkins the offensive tackle out of oklahoma state so um we all know that the packers yeah do they need another wide receiver probably again we just talked about it like you don't need to reach here if you don't want to 
But again, maybe same thing as the Ravens, like you've waited long enough. Maybe you just finally go and get one. But I mean, they, they need to get younger on the offensive line. So why not take a, the, one of the left tackles here and then hope that a wide receiver falls in the second round or you trade up, you end up trading some, you know, middle round picks to trade up into round two to end up getting to one of the guys that do fall. Yep, absolutely. Next up, the Buffalo Bills. We talked about at the beginning of the episode, maybe J.J. Watland here. Well, if you miss out, you don't find a guy who's going to be okay to be the future edge rusher for this team. That's Ronnie Perkins, the edge player out of Oklahoma. If you're a Texas fan, you're pretty familiar with who this guy is because he is always flying to the ball. Um, I think this is immediate plug-and-play type of guy for the Bills. Again, that is my phrase for this episode. It also fits here that you get this type of production and player at the end of round one. The next pick, my Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you, Trees, for letting me have this. I have them taking Alaji Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman from USC. Uh, he did play offensive tackle. There are reports that people think he will slide in and play offensive guard. You know what? I love that. Have him come in and play guard if need be. You took Lucas Nying last year as a tackle from TCU. Maybe you can put Vera Tucker in a guard, see how it goes. If it's not working out, if Mitchell Schwartz does, in fact, retire, if Eric Fisher you decide to move on from, he's clearly not playing next year. You put Vera Tucker there at one of those tackle positions. You hope you have a guy that can fill in on the other side and you move forward with that offensive line because you're probably taking another tackle or guard in round two as the Kansas City Chiefs should do from what we saw in the Super Bowl. Love it, love it. He is a he is a stud. I, obviously, I'm a Pac-12 guy. I've watched him, and um, you'd be getting a good one there. Uh, now to the Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I honestly had no idea what route to go here. <laughs> like I really didn't. Um, sure, they might need some offensive line help, um, edge if they end up losing somebody. Like, does Shaq Bear end up leaving? Do they need that? Obviously, they have guys like. Uh, and Dominic and Sue and JPP that are getting older. So I thought about that, but I mean, you took Ronnie Perkins. So I was like, man, maybe I just got to hold off here. Um, so I went with the route of assuming the either Tampa Bay doesn't says we can go on without him. And that being Leonard Fournette or Leonard Fournette chases the money now that he has a Super Bowl. Um, so they want another pass catching running back. Why not just give one of the most electrifying ones in this draft? And that is Travis Etienne out of Clemson. So just get another weapon for, oh, and there's a TV for Mr. Austin. Um, so uh, another weapon for Tom Brady. Like, why not, right? Why the hell not? Let's just make this offense more pr prolific. And I think it's uh, would be a fun fit. It definitely would be. And I'd be back-to-back -back years that Super Bowl uh, winners are taking a running back at pick 32. Yeah. Um, I don't think this happens for the record. I just, um, <laughs> I don't, I just don't think that they do. I think that they probably value, you know, being able to do stuff, but I, I, this one was more fun. Like I just would love to see the fit. I think it'd be, it would be awesome with how, how much that Tom Brady throws to the running back ETN would just thrive in it. So, um, all right. I think that does it for us. That's, uh, that's round one. Um, uh, anything else you want to add in here? Uh, a lot of happy teams if the draft does fall this way. Now, we, we doubt it because our first edge rusher didn't come off to like pick 14. But I feel like we also run into that every single year. Where it's like, wow, I can't believe this guy's still on the border. How is this player falling? Like, I can't believe this guy was taken out early. Every team evaluates differently. This is the way we're kind of looking at it and the way things fell for us. If you like it, thanks. If you don't, act like you didn't hear it. Yeah, it's fine. Because guess what? There's another mock draft that just dropped. Just Google NFL mock draft 2021. One will have dropped within the last 20 minutes. I guarantee it. Um, and guess what? We'll do another one in a couple of weeks and you can either like it or dislike it then. So it's, it's going to be a great time. That's what's fun about mock draft season. Um, but that does it for us tonight. We appreciate all you. And tonight we've been talking football.